Welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. We have been talking about the the rising cost of attending college. And one of the, the places that I think sneaks up on a lot of students that they're not prepared for, and uh, as I alluded to in our, our previous show, it snuck up on me as well, and that is the cost of textbooks when you go to college. Like, it's crazy. It, 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 could be, it could be literally crazy. And if not crazy, it could lead you to insanity. Uh, so, yes. And, and those are costs that we, on the instructional side, um, we have a lot of ability to rein in. It is true that the overwhelming majority of textbooks that are available are coming from for-profit publishers. And in order for those publishers to maintain the currency and to maintain a high quality uh, textbooks, it costs money because they need to pay people. They need to package it nicely. They need to make it available. And those things don't necessarily come for free. However, there, it's, it's been an arms race and it's been an escalation. And I'm not trying to blame anyone, but I think we in instruction have not necessarily paused and thought about our impact on the bottom line of our learners. And uh, a number of us are persuaded to continue getting the newest edition and the newer edition and the newest version of the newest edition and, and what have you. To the point where those books sold by that student or accepted by the bookstore of that college. Uh, or we've gone to um, basically online codes that that student has to use in order to not that book or access to this information that once you do it, if you quit after a week or two, you cannot sell it back. So you are left there, you didn't necessarily uh, think you're going to be getting into. Well, and not only that, I, I can remember professors that would require you buy, you know, six or eight different books, and you're, you're literally reading a chapter or two in each of those books. And it was a little bit infuriating as a student because, you know, oh, great, I'm taking this class and what I have to get eight books and they're, you know, at that time and I'm dating myself, you know, at that time they're like $50 a piece and you're like, oh, this is gross. Uh, but the reality is there are alternatives out there. And, you know, I, I understand that there, there's comfort in using what you know. Um, and, and I understand that, you know, the for-profit companies have, have done a, a great deal of work. Um, you know, now that said, you look at sometimes the addition is they've reshuffled the chapters and they've not really added anything new in there. Uh, but now, you know, all of a sudden your third edition is worth 25 cents when you go to sell it back because, you know, we've moved on to the fourth edition now and it's, you know, new, new chapter headings and but no new information. Uh, but there are other things out there that, that instructors can look at using and incorporating in their classrooms. 
Yeah, to me, what's more infuriating than having to buy so many books, uh, sometimes reading or, or using parts of it, is when you say, well, in order for us to meet that master syllabus or that course outline of record, we, it mandates that we have a textbook, therefore we're going to make you buy it, and it ends up being unopened or we don't, we don't assign any readings from it, which is even worse because now that is a totally brand new book that may or may not be uh, resold by that student. Additionally, we cannot afford to have so many copies of those books in, um, available to students in the library as reference books, textbooks, uh, and our library isn't open when the students are uh, likelier to be um, trying to access education. So even if we had them, that student is not able to do their uh, studies. So a variety of things that we in instruction have absolutely the power to impact. Uh, and I think that can be folded into um, the conversation we had last week, which is that people are losing patience and are losing um, the, the, the high value in their mind for higher education. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this isn't necessarily my strong suit, but, uh, you know, I know you know a lot more about the idea of, you know, some of the, the online pieces that are out there. You know, so that is a potential solution here. And in our next show, we're going to take a little bit deeper dive on some ideas on solutions. But uh, moving away from the conversation of, of textbooks, another thing uh, that that you see often with the cost of education, that's sort of that, you know, quote unquote, hidden cost, that unexpected cost is your your fees that you end up paying. And, you know, it's it's not unusual for colleges and universities to charge students a number of different fees as a part of their cost of right. attendance. And you know, in some cases, it's it's paying for, you know, things related to athletics, things related to, you know, different events on campus. It, it may be, you know, part of your fee is access to some kind of a fitness center on campus. And, and one of the complaints that often comes from students is, hey, I've never used some of these things, but I have to pay for it. Um, the, the other part that feels a little bit, you know, insidious is, you know, you may be paying for computer fees or technology fees. Um, you know, some of the things that, that feel like, Hey, maybe this should just be your cost of doing business and you aren't making me showing me that I'm having to pay for that. Right. Uh, so this is what infuriates you. What infuriates me parallels that are things like the learning management system fee. So you're forcing me into a hybrid or fully online class or high flex class, and I have to pay a fee to access this education. I already paid the tuition. 
another element that that infuriates me is I'm studying welding or construction or 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 nursing or whatever, and I have those extra fees for metals, for gases, for for timber, for uh, X and Y and Z. It sometimes it never ends. I mean, what is tuition for? And, and those are <clears throat> in some places here in Wisconsin, for example, those are regulated. You can only charge this much in terms of fees, and it's based on uh, uh, an average of several years' worth of of costs uh, across all 16 technical colleges, which is great, but to keep on with the cost of uh, rising costs due to inflation and otherwise, those numbers are keep, continue to grow. Uh, but the 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 ability of students doesn't necessarily continue to grow, nor should we keep on piling it on to the federal financial aid, which we all are paying into as taxpayers. Additionally, when it comes to fees, many of them are areas where academic affairs have a lot of say and perhaps the lion's share of the say. Yes, we can't tell our board of trustees, we can't tell our state regulators and legislators what to do in terms of the cost of tuition, but on the fee side of the house, we have a lot of power and say. So perhaps it is time for us to rethink about how we're doing our instruction. And in our next show, we're going to be talking about more solutions to the cost of, of higher education and things that we can do. So if you enjoy shows like this, be sure and subscribe to us here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. You'll get notified when we do post our new content. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.